Hi there, this is Wafal Abedat. You're listening to the Women Power Podcast, a subsidiary platform to the Women Power Summit, the largest event in MENA, with the aim of empowering women and helping them achieve their absolute highest potential. Each week on the Women Power Podcast, you will hear honest, vulnerable, authentic, real conversations from inspiring women. These women will share their experiences and stories into what it takes to build a successful business and career. The podcast will share insight and inspiration and hopefully inspire action and lead change. Karen Usman is a best-selling novelist and writing coach. She won an award at the Emirates Airline Festival of Literature for her first crime thriller novel, The Good Mother. Since then, The Good Mother, which was published in 2017, and her second novel, The Home, were both number one bestsellers. Her third book, The Perfect Lie, was published in 2019, and she's currently working on her fourth novel. Karen launched her signature online writing course, Kickstart Your Book with Karen, designed for budding authors to help write their books. The course also offers a six-month one-to-one coaching program. She also has a book club by the name Karen's Book Club, a free online book club where she shares reading recommendations, giveaways, and a behind-the-scenes look into her author life. Welcome, Karen. So Karen, how are you doing? And I think you, you did mention that you're going to be making your big move from Dubai to New York. And how are you feeling about that? <laughs> yes, that's very exciting. We are flying tomorrow, actually. So it's been, um, yeah, quite a busy time the last few months. Um, my husband is has been transferred from Dubai to New York. So we're going as a family of four. Are you anticipating the big move and are you looking forward to like a new city, the new life? And Yes, I'm really excited because, you know, I've been in Dubai 18 years. So, um, you know, although Dubai has given me so much, you know, it's given me my writing career, you know, my start as a novelist. So I'm really going to miss Dubai a lot, especially the people and, you know, friends and stuff but I think after 18 years I am definitely ready um, for a change and I think for a writer there's really you know is there a better city than New York I, I think not so yeah very excited. Yeah it's so true because I think your professional really um, sort of requires you to have like a new space a change of scene so you know it can really inspire your um, you know your writing style. Um, Karen, to completely backtrack, I really want to, you know, like go back to like the pandemic and like the COVID days. I mean, how was it for you? How did you persevere? Like what, what was it like for you? Um, I'd love to tell you that I, you know, I was at my most creative and productive, but unfortunately not. I have um, two young children at the time. They were three, three and five years old. Um, and of course, during lockdown, um, then that was fairly challenging to, you know, keep them entertained. And then, of course, homeschooling hit. Uh, but I think we were very lucky in Dubai in that it was so well handled. You know, we only had one lockdown, which compared to my home country in the UK was, you know, was very good by those standards. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it was just something so unprecedented and nothing that we've really ever experienced before. So um, I've definitely picked up a few bad habits from that time, shall we say. But uh, yeah, I'm very glad that the world is coming back to normal. Yeah. And in terms of like um, your writing and stuff, did you hit like a writer's block? And were you like, okay, I have no inspiration to write. What am I going to do? Did you ever go through that feeling? Um, yes, I would say so. I think mainly because... 
uh, I mean, you know, with young children, my working life is very much dominated by school term times and stuff. So I often write, you know, when they're in school. And when that was taken away, then, of course, you know, um, I had to step into a different role. And um, and so the writing did get sidetracked a little bit. And I think we're all a little bit like preoccupied as well. I felt very distracted um, preoccupied with you know the future and what was going to happen um, so it definitely did impact me um, you know in some way um, I would you know I think now coming out of it and having this move I'm definitely looking forward to getting more inspiration more creativity getting a fresh boost um, so yes I am looking forward to that Amazing. Um, so kind of like backtracking completely to your college days and your uni days, I think you, I believe you mentioned that you studied English literature and linguistics. Um, so were you always like passionate about writing? Did you always know that, okay, this is what I'm going to do? Or like, was it, it just came as a byproduct of everything that you were like trying and like sort of seeing if it works? I would say writing for me was never a conscious decision it's something I do you know unconsciously like breathing for example and that's always been from a very young age uh, very young so for example you know writing diaries I would be forever writing letters I had like 20 25 pen friends all around the world from a very young age so I was always writing in some form or another and then of course at school English was my favorite language and then you know you, you sort of uh, choose subjects relating to that English and then for my A-levels. And it was it was just more of a natural step for me. I would say linguistics and English language is slightly different from um, English literature. So I do wish I perhaps studied a little bit more literature, but linguistics is more the science of language. And it really did give me a good grounding into understanding the English language from a historical perspective, from a phonetics perspective. And that allowed me to then go on to teach English language um, as a foreign language, which is one of the hardest things I've ever done. Um, so I, I think it really did provide me a good grounding within the language space. I think you, when did you like start writing? But I think before you started writing, you had a company as well that was called Travel Inc. And like so when did that happen and like did you did you know that okay I have an entrepreneur in me and I want to like experiment that side of me mine and um did you always know like was it right after college was it when you were like in the spur of like trying new things out um for me it was um when I graduated all I wanted to do was travel it was all about travel for me so and um writing so it you know I could have chosen to be an editor or a journalist and head straight to London but I really wanted to incorporate that travel side and that's why I ended up choosing a career um, and going to straight to Japan actually to study um the certificate to allow me to become um, a teacher and um, and that's where it really started. And with that certificate, it was a really good mix of working with language and but being able to travel because with that certification that you can go anywhere around the world where there's a position for people wanting to learn English. And there were so many people, especially back then, wanting to learn English. So it wasn't um, a conscious decision um, to write at that time, um, I later then worked in publishing. 
So when I did come back to the UK, which is where I'm originally from, I got a job in publishing and that gave me like another dimension to the world of um, English and writing. And I was working with with authors who, you know, who were publishing their books, nonfiction. Um, and that, again, was another sort of experience. So I kind of feel that all these layers from traveling and working as a teacher and then in the publishing world. And then I moved to Dubai to work in the marketing sales and marketing space. And there I was producing, you know, a fair amount of content as well. Um, it all it all sort of added layers to um, to my passion, but the entrepreneurship side only came, I would say, a lot later. Um, so I, I moved to Dubai when I was twenty five, and then I set up my own company seven years later. And I know today, you know, you have like twenty one year olds setting up companies. Um, for me, I've always been quite an independent worker. Um, I've always liked to be the one in charge. So, and there was just a need for it in this region to have really good quality English content. Um, you know, we I, in my sales and marketing position, I was working with lots of agencies and I was I would always end up changing it, correcting it and so on. So it, it sort of made sense for me to go into the entrepreneurship space. At the time, I didn't have a mortgage or children or anything like that. So, um, so yeah, it was a really exciting time, especially in a city like Dubai, which is so innovative and so, so much focus on entrepreneurship. Exactly. So, and before you, you know, you start your journey as an entrepreneurship, I think you mentioned like your first job, like what was it exactly? And what, what did, what was the big learning out of it? Like what was the biggest learning curve that you learned out of like starting your first job right after graduating? So my first job right after graduation was, um, I went straight to Tokyo and, um, I think back then in the year 2000, you know, Tokyo was still pretty much uncharted territory. It wasn't so common to go to places like that. Um, so I learned a lot of independence, to be honest. I was thousands of miles away from home knowing nobody. So it taught me a lot from that respect about independence, about problem solving. You know, when you can't speak the language, what do you do? Um, so there was there was a lot of um, things in that. And I think also relationships. Did you have to learn Japanese? I did. Yeah, I had to learn Japanese. Um, it, I never got very good at it, but I had to learn enough that I could go, you know, into the shops and, you know, that kind of thing. And yeah, I, I think relationship building and, you know, making relationships was really important. And um, I actually knew you were going to ask me that question. And uh, I was thinking back to my very first job when I was 13 was as a waitress. And again, it was, you know, that was a really good grounding in building relationships with people. And that's, I think, in every job is what it comes down to. I mean, yeah. So like you were in Tokyo and then you made your, your move to Dubai. And, and obviously like this is like a whole, um, like a mashup of like different cultures and like, you know, um, so much diversity. So, I mean, what, how did that like change or mold you as a person? Like, you know, like being able to, you know, like live amongst like different kinds of cultures and be so diverse in your own aspect of how you do things. How did that like change you? I think it had a huge impact on me. I'm from quite a small town in the north of England. 
And I was lucky enough that my parents were, you know, able to take us on holiday every year from about the age of seven or eight. And that was, you know, just to Europe. Um, but, you know, I think having the opportunity to be able to travel and experience new cultures, it, it's an amazing privilege. And I think it just gives you such a different perspective of everything. And it, and I think that's why Dubai has been my home for so long, because I feel kind of at home with so many different cultures. And I just find it a really interesting way of life to live amongst people from, you know, from different places. It's no secret that over and over again, we're constantly getting stuck in our careers, which is probably why you're listening to this podcast. You could be stuck or demotivated or uninspired and you don't know who to go to for questions or for connections or someone who's been there, done that, which is why we're building an exciting platform called Playbook. Playbook uses the power of storytelling by game-changing women to help you hack your life, both personally and professionally. We're building a resourceful community where you can find the answers to all your questions from mentors and diverse women that are all trying to figure out the ins and outs of their careers. You can be a part of our story from the very beginning and create and build your legacy with us by becoming a founding member. For a one-time fee of $500, you get a bunch of perks, such as lifetime access to our platform, an official founding member certificate that you can share on LinkedIn, and a testimonial for your LinkedIn page plus 20 scholarships in your name to girls and women from different parts of the world who unfortunately don't have access to the education they need. Check out our website, www.getplaybook.com to learn more about how you can be a founding member of our platform. Um, Karen, when you started traveling, were you like the only founder or did you have like a founding team? Did you have a team in place already? Like what was it like? Um, it was more of an organic sort of growth for me. So I started off freelance as a freelance writer, um, mainly travel journal, uh, travel journalistic opportunities, content writing. Uh, and then a demand got quite um, um, increased a lot. So I started uh, recruiting, you know, other freelance writers and editors. So slowly over the years, it grew. And I focused on growing a portfolio of, of really skilled writers and editors. And, and then I was overseeing it. Um, about, I'd say eight or nine years into the business, I then took on a managing partner to assist, which was great. Um, but yes, I did enjoy running a business. It's stressful, but it's, um, it's a lot of fun if you have the passion and the energy. What was it like when you started it? Like what, what different kinds of, I mean, I'm sure you had different kinds of challenges every day. How did you, how did you face them? I suppose in a way it was one of those challenges that I set for myself. I, you know, working in corporate, I had a salary and my goal was really to be able to make as much as that salary to prove um, that I could live in this way. And I think I was interested in remote working, you know, long before the pandemic and stuff. And it just really appealed to me, again, that sense of travel and being able to work from anywhere on a laptop. Um, so the challenge, I think, for any entrepreneur will always be cash and cash flow. So those were the two main challenges, I would say. Um, I was lucky enough that I was part of a networking group, which was an amazing support, because I think the other challenge of entrepreneurship is you're on your own. You know, there's no 
no boss telling you what to do, when to do it. You know, it's a lot of trial and error. But again, I think I think every person coming out of school, you know, they should be taught these principles. It's a fantastic learning experience. No, that is that that's true, right? That's very true. And of course, like being like an entrepreneur between entrepreneurship and making your big jump to like like complete like writing and becoming an author. When did motherhood happen? When did like like marriage happened was it everything in between or was it after you started or you released your published your first book so I got married in 2009 and my husband and I didn't have children until five years later so we actually had a lot of time to ourselves and during that time I set up my own business um And I said earlier, you know, I didn't have such responsibility as a mortgage and children. So I was looking that way. Um, But in terms of writing novels, the business and having babies, all of that came at the same time. So I um, and that was what inspired the theme of my first book, actually, The Good Mother. So I'd just given birth to um, to my first son two years before I was pregnant with my second and that's really what inspired my first novel. And I think motherhood has continued as a theme, you know, throughout the three books. Um, They're standalone books, but they all do cover the theme of motherhood. Um, So like you you mentioned, The Good Mother was inspired by your pregnancy. But like, so if you could just like deep dive into the the theme of the book or just give us more details for our listeners, like what is it about and why should every mother read it? Yeah, The Good Mother. Well, I wouldn't suggest it's a psychological thriller. Okay, so, you know, there's going to be murder, there's, you know, there's going to be suspense. I would not suggest reading this if you've just given birth. Um, But, you know, I think it will resonate with many mothers. And for me, the question that dominated The Good Mother was, what would I do to the person who had hurt my child that's what it it boiled down to and I think when you become a mother for the first time you realize you you would pretty much do anything to to protect them uh to revenge them to whatever it is so um this book was you know a thriller and it followed um Catherine as as she sought revenge basically on on uh, what had happened to her child so i definitely harnessed the emotions the strong emotions of motherhood there that that sounds very and i i'm someone i love like thriller and anything that's has to do with true crime so i would definitely want to give this a read um you know um karen so i, I think you also did win an award at the emirates airline festival of literature um and was this like for your uh, book the good mother or was it for like uh, the, the 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 following books and I mean I'm sure you you didn't mention their their standalone books but was it for the first book or the second one? It was for the first book. So um, every year the literature festival runs a novel writing prize judged by um, a renowned British agent based in London, and um, I thought could be quite interesting. I've never written a book before, and you had to submit the first 2000 words. So you didn't have to submit the whole manuscript and you had to submit the synopsis, which is basically saying what happens in the book. Um, And so I did that and I won. And um, the agent afterwards said, you know, where's the rest of the book? And I said, well, I I don't have it. And then he looked at me and he could see I'm pregnant. He's like, when are you going to have time to do it? And I said, don't worry, I'll do it. And nine months later, 
how like during that time my second child was born as well I wrote it and I think pulling off and and ran a business at the same time and and that was the most intense year of my life actually giving birth trying to finish writing a book for an agent um and yeah when he sold it as part of a three book deal that was that was the time when I thought okay it's all been worth it and is that how um, your second book got, like came into existence as well, The Home? I think you did mention that. Did it happen right after this? And, and what was that like? Yeah, I was contracted. My three-book deal was a book a year, which is quite a tight turnaround, um, especially with a business to run and young children. But I will say, becoming a mother makes you uh, highly focused because you don't have time to procrastinate you know you know you've got 60 minute nap window you've got to get it done so I think it makes you prioritize things and things that are important to you uh, now I have slightly more time and I do find myself like oh I'll just do this or I'll just do that so you know it was challenging but I do I, I would say that being busy helps you get things done and uh, and focus because you just you know don't have the time to mess around i'm <laughs> um, karen so the theme of the second book does it follow the, the, the same um lines of like motherhood and focusing on on like uh, another story or is it something to do with crime thriller as well and, and can you if you can just give us like a bit of synopsis into the second book the home yeah, so the second book, The Home, again, it's about motherhood. Again, it's a psychological thriller. In fact, all my books are psychological thrillers, and that's probably what I'll continue to write. It's a very popular genre. It's a genre I enjoy reading. Um, so, you know, I, I, I do enjoy writing them. Um, the Home is slightly different, though, in that it's set in the 1970s in London, um, and themes are, are, are in that are about adoption and motherhood. Again, you've got the revenge, you've got the murder, you, you know, you've got the suspense. Um, and that is then followed by the perfect lie, um, which is about a mother, again, who is a lawyer and she's defending a, um, a rape victim. And she discovers that her son is, is the one who's been accused of the rape. So they're quite heavy topics, I would say, you know, adoption and rape and things like that. Um, and I think that's the part of the skill of writing is being able to allude to those, you know, those deep topics, um, but without going into too much, you know, horrific detail. That was probably the biggest challenge, I think, I think for me. Um, but yeah, and, and very real topics that happen, you know, so. Yeah, I think one thing about being a writer is like you are, because I think when you're so in touch with your emotions, you're able to pen that down and emotionally connect with your readers. And that's very beautiful. I think with every kind of artist, I mean, it depends, it's different. But I think with writers, it's 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 beautiful because you have this sort of, in a way, like a, this magic of just connecting with your readers through your writing. And I mean, they just when they read the book, I think they just know what you're feeling and, and how you want to like get the story across, get the words across. So I think that's something so beautiful about like reading and writing, writing more so. Yeah, 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 I hope so. And that's what inspires me from other authors I read, you know, to, you, you want to feel something. So I hope I give um, the readers the same experience. 
Yeah, because it when you read, it really does ignite a lot of emotions that maybe necessarily watching the same book being made into a movie wouldn't. And I think it's which is why I think words are so powerful. And again, you did you did mention that you had like a one year um, kind of like window between each book, to like to publish. So how how did you constantly inspire yourself? What was your what's like your creative writing process like? You know, like every day, like did you have like a goal every day? Okay, I'm gonna write. You know, all of these. I'm gonna fill all these pages, fill all these words. Like, what was it like? Yeah. It was, well, like I say, a book a year is quite a tight time frame. So you're really having to get that first draft written in six months, you know, get it edited within nine months and then off to the publishers for that three months for them to do their work. Um, so in terms of the creative process, it, it really was for me at that time coming up with the twist. So readers, when they're reading psychological thrillers, they have to have that big major twist um, so I would usually come up with that first and then I would sort of work backwards. And I, was, um, I, I wasn't I was one of those writers who just wrote and see what came to me. I actually had it all planned out in an Excel spreadsheet, no less. So I was a, a fairly organized writer and I focused on, you know, a thousand words a day, two thousand words a day. Um, whatever it was at the time, um, and just sticking to that, you know, to that word count. And once the, the goal is to get that first draft down, even if it's rubbish, once you have that first draft, then you can start to play with it, mold it, shape it, polish it. Um, but you can't do anything really until you've got that first draft. So that's probably the most intense time of the writing process. Right, because I think once you have the first draft, I think the amendments and any kind of changes, like edit, any kind of edits is probably like easy to do. But I think getting that first draft ready would probably be the most challenging aspect of things. Um, so I think I'm guessing like your writing course, um, Kickstart Your Book with Karen, probably happened after your, you like publishing uh, three of your books. So when did, when did that happen and how did you, why did you decide to start it? I decided to start that during the pandemic, actually, um, because a lot of people were learning and I only felt comfortable putting that course together once I had written three books, once um, I had a number one bestseller. Like that was really important to me. Otherwise, I I think I would have just felt a bit, you know, a bit of a fake. But I think going through the process three times um, and wishing that I'd had someone to to show me how to write a book. You know, I was literally Googling, how do you write a book kind of thing in the very, very beginning. Um, So it would have saved me a lot of time. Um, So that's why I created the course, because during the pandemic, people sort of got back to their really deep desires about writing a book or whatever it was that's on their bucket list. And that's why I decided to do it really. And it's digital. So you can go at your, you know, your own pace, um, which was important. And it was fun to put that course together. And during that process, I also learned a lot as well. So I'm kind of going back to my teaching days from Japan and when I taught in Italy. So it was, um, it was very enjoyable very enjoyable because writing is a a lonely pursuit I think you know if you're just writing books the whole time you rarely interact with anybody so having people to interact with having students that was really enjoyable for me and your coaching does it only focus on like specific genres or or like you focus on all kinds of genres like about crime thrillers obviously like your um, forte but like did you also focus on like rom-com or any other kind of like genres 
So the digital course, which is self-paced, that is across the board. That's really the foundations of any book. Uh, non-fiction, fiction, whatever type it is. The one-on-one coaching tends to focus more on novels. Um, and that's when people really, you know, perhaps they've half written a book or they've got a first draft or it's, it's you know, they've sent it out, but it's nobody's picking it up or they just want that one-on-one experience. Um, but for the one-on-one, it's mainly novels. Carrie, I think you're also focusing on your fourth book right now and how is that going how what's what's the writing process like are you done with your first draft or are you in the middle of like getting it together tell us a bit about that so my fourth book is um I'm on my I would say sixth or seventh draft of this book um it's been a little bit challenging to be honest um so I'm currently editing that one but I've also um got the idea for my fifth one and sort of fleshing that idea out at the moment so it's not a good idea really to work on two books at the same time, but that's just how I'm feeling at the moment. So let's see. Wow. And does the fourth book have a name yet or are you still like deciding or it's still in the works? It does have a name, but unfortunately I, I'm not allowed to share it. And I have to say publishers usually change the titles anyway. I don't think I've had a book where I named it and it stayed. So um But yes, it's about uh, influencers and um, exotic islands. So yeah, it's and and murder. So yeah, it'll be a hopefully good one. Do you ever feel like everybody around you has things figured out when it comes to their career except for you? Do you look at successful people and want to figure out how do they make a living doing what they love? Do you ever feel like what you're learning in school and university is not what you see yourself doing? Welcome to Playbook, where we're trying to change the dynamic and reinvent career progression for women. We want to be with you every step of the way as you navigate the challenges in your journey. We're building a platform that gives you a community and content that also uses the power of storytelling through shared experiences by game-changing women who've shattered the glass ceiling. Join our waiting list and be the first to know when the platform goes live. Get on get-playbook.com to sign up to our newsletter and be the first to pilot our new technology. You also have a book club called Karen's Book Club. And like, is that something that you have been focusing on, um, like, uh, you know, with, in line to your, your book and your, like, your writing process? Can you tell us a bit about that? Um, yeah, I think, you know, when you're a mother, you know, life becomes very busy. And I used to love attending book groups. And then it just got so busy, like the time wouldn't work or this wouldn't work. And I thought, well, I'll just set it up online, you know, a book group and um, and see what happens. And, and that sort of turned into a reading and writing group. So it's a, a lovely little community of writers and readers and people who want writing tips or reading recommendations. It's also a great opportunity for readers to meet new authors. You know, so often as a reader, you can get stuck in in your same old, you know, um, authors. But, you know, there's so much new talent coming out. So uh, it's a good place to find that. 
Yeah, um, it's true because we, um, you know, of course, with the podcast, we also do have like a book club. It's called the Women Who Read Book Club. And I'm not sure if you came across it, but it's like we pretty much do the same thing. You know, we have our little community of like, you know, readers and writers. And every month we have like a book that, you know, we discuss and we read. So, yeah, it, it really does sort of, you know, it's, it's so nice when you can just come together with like minded individuals and discuss about things you love and have a shared love for. So, um, yeah. Karen, I quickly wanted to like segue into like just, uh, you know, your, your accolades and your recognition. I think you did mention that you are one of the 10 inspirational women that featured on Global Women's Magazine. Um, can you give us a little bit more of, you know, like, uh, you know, info on that and, and how did that make you feel? What was that like? When did that happen? Yeah, I mean, the accolades are always nice, aren't they? There's no, there's no doubt about it. And I think in a writer's world, it's highly, highly competitive. So whenever there is an award like that, um, again, like the Emirates Airline Festival of Literature Award, it kind of gives you a confidence boost, um, you know, to let you know that you're kind of along the right lines, that, you know, you're not wasting your time completely, which I think is always uh, the writer's biggest fear. So, yeah, it, you know, it's lovely to be recognised. And I think in the digital world that we live in, this is what is resonating with people online. Um, so, yeah. And if you had to give a, like a piece of advice to any young authors or like women authors specifically, like when, you know, they want to like kind of, um, you know, sort of try their hand at, at writing or they have a passion for writing, what would be the one piece of advice that maybe you've been given and you would want to like pass it down? I would say focus, it, focus on developing your discipline and don't rely on inspiration. Um, yeah, that's probably the most important thing I would say. The discipline is something you have to cultivate because there are days when you don't feel like writing. There are days when you're not motivated or inspired and everything you're writing is, is rubbish. You still have to do it. And if, you know, you know, you have to do it to get to the end of that book. Eighty thousand words—it's—it's it's no joke. So, uh, developing discipline is is a good skill. I think talking about like we we did kind of obviously talk about what's next in terms of your book and stuff. But do you have any other like ventures in the pipeline in terms of like what you want to focus on after your fourth book and maybe your fifth book and or is that like, taking up your time and, and your focus at the moment? So. Um, Moving to New York tomorrow, um, I think, you know, one of my first sort of goals is to, you know, get to know the writing and reading community there, which is going to be amazing, uh, huge. And um, I'm very excited about the industry there. It's a very well-developed industry there. So, um, so yes, I will definitely be refocusing on, on the edits and the writing of my fifth book, um, yeah, and also keeping, you know, readers, my readers updated with where I am and, and hopefully this will pro produce fresh book ideas as well, which I think, you know, every writer needs. How do you deal with failure, Karen? Um, you know, what are, what are your, you, I know there is definitely no recipe for success, but I think you just, there's a lot of trial and error and you have to do, you have to go through a lot of failures to, in order to really get where you want to be. But how do you, what's, what's your best strategy to kind of like deal with failure? Well, I tend to allow myself a certain amount of time to mope. Um, you know, I think failure is not easy, you know, uh, but the more you do it, 
you know it just means you're working harder and harder and with every failure you're going to get closer but at the time that's really hard to remember so I tend to allow myself a certain time to like mope and be miserable or whatever it is and and then I say okay time's up it's time to see what we've learned and what we need to do um so yeah the moping can last from a day to a week I try not to go beyond a week what do you think is your superpower like if you have a quality that you consider to be a superpower, what would it be? Yeah, I have. I really have no idea. I think one of the things that makes me a little bit different perhaps is I consider myself highly practical and organized, but also creative. And a lot of writers I meet and like don't tend to work in that way. So I suppose that would be some kind of superpower because I think that's the only way I would be able to do everything I want to do like you just have to be organized if you want to write books run a business like move countries look after kids so I think it's probably most women's superpower to be honest is that um yeah organization um is probably the thing that uh, gets me where I want to be that's it for this week thank you for listening to an episode of the women power podcast And thank you for downloading and streaming our podcast every week. If you love what you've heard, tag us on Instagram and follow the Woman Power podcast and Woman Power Summit account for more information on our next episode. Please leave a rating review wherever you get your podcast. It really helps other women discover the show. That's it from me. See you next week.